the Great Week, a pilgrimage with the Lord in Holy Week. Meditations from the Pastoral Letter of Bishop John Barris, brought to you by the Diocese of Colorado Springs to supplement our prayer during Holy Week during this unique time in our lives. Dear friends, a pilgrimage is a religious journey taken for a spiritual reason. For Christians, a pilgrimage is a spiritual exercise intended to deepen our faith and to bring us into a closer relationship with the Lord Jesus. We do not know precisely when followers of Christ first started making pilgrimages. However, one could imagine that such journeys began even during the lifetime of the Lord, while he was still exercising his public ministry. For example, we might think of a disciple of Christ going to Galilee to visit the town of Cana where, not long before, Jesus had turned water into wine at the wedding feast. We can imagine someone stopping by the town of Nain to see where Jesus had raised the son of the widow from death, perhaps even seeking out the young man himself to hear the story firsthand. Certainly, Galilee and Judea would have been do dotted with hundreds if not thousands of small places, all of which bore the marks of God's presence on earth as he walked among his people. However, Christian pilgrimages would have begun in earnest following the resurrection of our Lord, and especially after Pentecost. Foremost among these sites would have been the city of Jerusalem, where Jesus experienced his passion, death, and resurrection. Can you imagine the disciples, our earliest ancestors in the faith, climbing the Mount of Olives to see the place where Jesus endured the agony in the garden? Can you picture them standing to meditate on the rock quarry of Calvary, where the Savior was crucified? Think of them sitting and praying inside the empty tomb where the Lord rose from the dead. Clearly, pilgrimages would have been first undertaken by the local people and those who were participants in the great events of the public ministry. These would have been the first to remember, to reflect on, and to more deeply understand the meaning of those encounters. Then, inspired by the Holy Spirit, they would have begun to share them with others. Sometime later, disciples from other regions would have begun to arrive to see with their own eyes the places associated with the things they had already believed without seeing. They certainly would have wanted to hear the stories from those who were eyewitnesses, those whom we might call the first pilgrimage guides in history. Among those valuable eyewitnesses would have been the apostles, who were already spreading across the ancient world, preaching the gospel, telling the stories, teaching by example, and founding churches. They were fulfilling the great commission given to them by the Lord, Go therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Matthew 28:19. After them, as witnesses, would have been the closest disciples, those who had followed Jesus during the public ministry, and who could speak of these extraordinary events from personal experience. How many times were the sisters Martha and Mary asked to tell the story of the raising of their brother Lazarus from the dead? How often did Simon of Cyrene recount being pressed into service by the soldiers to help the condemned man carry the cross? Next, there would have been that great multitude of people, some followers, but many not, who saw and remembered these extraordinary events which took place during the mundane days of their ordinary lives. Whether they were witnesses of faith 
or merely curious onlookers who never came to believe, they too would have had their own stories to tell. Finally, we cannot but help think of that other eyewitness who had a unique perspective on the life of Christ, Mary. How many people sought out our Blessed Mother during the remaining years of her life on earth to hear the stories from her lips, some of which she alone knew and could tell. What would it have been like to hear her voice, to see her face animated with a memory of him who was both her God and her Son? Imagine listening to the stories imbued with her understanding of what they meant when they happened, what they mean in the present, and what they will mean in the future. What a great gift God gave to his early church by having Our Lady remain for a time so that she could be a sure guide to all those who would desire to follow the Lord's command to come, follow me. As the years progressed, other pilgrims, more separated in time and distance from those great events, continued to come. In the early 380s AD, a woman named Egeria made a pilgrimage to the Holy Land. She wrote what amounts to a long letter detailing her journey and her experiences during the trip. She addressed this letter to her sisters back home, though we do not know if she meant religious sisters, members of her local church community, or members of her own family. She may have been from Galicia, modern-day Spain, or Gaul, modern-day France. She likely was rather wealthy because her pilgrimage lasted some three years. What makes Egeria's travel so interesting is this. It is the earliest written account that we have of a Christian pilgrimage. It is fascinating for the glimpse it gives us of what one of our ancestors in the faith experienced some 1,600 years ago on a journey we still make today. Egeria visited sites connected with the Old Testament as well as the New, and apparently used Jerusalem as the base for her travels once she arrived in the Holy Land. Although her accounts are interesting to read for any Christian, Egeria has left us an invaluable resource because she describes in great detail how the Christian community of that time worshipped God. She describes not only the sights she saw, but how prayers were said, Mass was offered, and how great feasts and seasons were observed and celebrated. She especially describes in detail attending the liturgical services in Jerusalem during what was then called the Great Week, what we now refer to as Holy Week. She lived there and saw these things during the last years of the episcopacy of St. Cyril of Jerusalem, bishop and doctor of the church. It is remarkable in Egeria's account of how familiar the practices of our ancestors in the faith were then to those we know as Catholics today. Christians, of course, continue to make pilgrimages to this day. The modern world has made these journeys physically easier to take than ever before. But a pilgrimage is not merely religious tourism. The essence of going on a pilgrimage is not that it is a trip we have chosen to take, although we may have wanted to take one for years. It is rather a trip that God himself has called us to take. He has summoned us to make this journey because there is something that he desires to give us through this trip that can only be done in this way and through these places. There are some special graces that the Lord has for each traveler on every pilgrimage. Pilgrims should always be aware that their journey to this particular place and at this particular time was not their idea. Rather, they are on this pilgrimage because they have now finally accepted the Lord's invitation. 
Every Christian, and especially every Catholic, should make a pilgrimage at least once in a lifetime. In addition to the Holy Land, there are many other beautiful and inspiring spiritual sites all around the globe where one may encounter the Lord and His saints. These religious locations with their stories will inspire, challenge, and refresh the faith of the pilgrim traveler so that one returns home spiritually changed and sometimes even transformed. Many people say that they would like to make a pilgrimage someday, but they may postpone it from year to year for various reasons. Sometimes the circumstances of life may even prevent it. But there is a way for every Catholic to make a pilgrimage each and every year. It costs nothing and requires neither a suitcase nor a passport. In fact, it is as near to you as your local parish church. Each year, through her calendar, the church relives the sum 33-year earthly life of our Lord in a mere 12 months. We follow his life from the announcement of his coming and his birth in the seasons of Advent and Christmas to the public ministry of Jesus that we recall through ordinary time, to the passion, death, and resurrection of the Lord that we recall in Lent and Easter. In the liturgical life of the Church, and most especially in the celebration of the Mass, it is as if the entire life of our Lord is compressed in time for us. It is accelerated so that we can relive it annually. However, there is one week each year where the life of our Savior is not sped up, but rather slows down to real time. It is a week where we are able to follow the Lord day by day, hour by hour, and even minute by minute. This gives us an extraordinary opportunity to make a pilgrim journey without ever leaving home. This year, every Catholic in the Diocese of Colorado Springs is invited to join in making a pilgrimage in the footsteps of the Lord during the last week of his life. Anyone embarking on a pilgrimage generally does some preparation beforehand. In this series of meditations, we would like to help you in this way by giving an overview and an explanation of the places you will visit, the things you will see, and the people you will meet on your spiritual journey.